Support for Radioactive's Punk Rock Farmer comes from Go Biochar. This is the Radioactive Summer Break, Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition. I'm Laura Jones, in with Aldine Strict 9, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. My garden has started to boom, just a, like a mini boom, Al. How about yours? Pretty good. Still waiting on tomatoes, but I've been getting lots of squash. I got summer squash coming. I actually have a couple uh, kombucha squashes. Kombucha, kombucha. You're going to mix a kombucha? <laughs> <laughs> I got turnips. Oh, that, I saw those, and they're huge. <laughs> my uncle, who is the son of the dairy farmer, my mother's brother, he's like, on my little post, he said, show off. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of cucumbers. I planted three different kinds, and this usually I don't, and I've been getting those. And harvesting potatoes, I had a huge row of potatoes. I planted like 40 plants. Oh, didn't you get some of and those from I got, Alan? And I got all of them from Alan. He, Alan he turned me on to those. DJ and now so? I actually replanted some to try to do a second plant and then i planted about 12 different kinds of seeds and irrigated it under my hoop house just a week ago or last week a few days even well coming up on the show we're going to continue your series that you started where you're talking to people about their gardens and coming up you got a special guest special guest pat barber uh former proprietor of pat's barbecue He's growing food in his neighborhood, and his idea is to feed the folks that live around him. Ah. And he puts out a little farm stand, and folks come. He leaves a little donation, a um, little donation cup. And uh, he, last year was his first year, and he has like almost, oh, it's 50 feet by 100 feet. It's a huge a huge plot, and I asked him a little bit about what he was did last year, what he learned, what's he, what he's going to do this year, and uh, it was really nice to talk to Pat. All right, stick around for that. Plus, it is National Farmers Market Week. We've got Allison Enerson from the Downtown Farmers Market. Also, got some time with Craig Butters, our new Commissioner of Ag and Food at the state level. He's got some news about the Food Hub plans. Skywatcher Leo T. A voice memo from Fish for Food. Al, you know, Craft Lake City's coming up, and we're going to have a stage there that we'll be doing announcements on next weekend. Uh, lots of local bands playing at Craft Lake City, so Audrey Lockie is back again with some picks from local bands. Here's Audrey. The uh, 13th annual Craft Lake City DIY Festival is taking place next weekend, August 13th, 14th, and 15th. Uh, at the Utah State Fair Park. Uh, you can find more information on the specific hours and ticketing, uh, participating exhibitors and musicians and stuff at craftlakecity.com. This first one is a musician named Joel Willis. Uh, he's a solo guitar player and singer, and this is his track, Oh. How would you characterize Joel for folks who are coming to the festival, and when is he going to play? Uh, so Joel Willis is playing um, on Saturday afternoon from uh, 3 to 3.30. And Joel, uh, he's got that kind of really like dirty blues kind of style play to his playing. He's really aggressive and has a lot of cool, like, I don't know, just like guitar gymnastics and really fun <laughs> stuff like that. So it's, it's really a treat to hear. And I'm really excited for his set. Fresh and homegrown from Craft Lake City to the punk rock farmer, it's Joel Willis on KRCL. Oh, oh. 
SLC presents their Camper Showcase Saturday, August 7th at the Commonwealth Room. This all-ages event starts at noon. Doors at 11.30. For details, go to rockcampslc.org. Are you a teen inspired to be heard? Do you want to be a DJ on this station, KRCL 90.9 FM? Then join Loud and Clear Youth Radio. We are currently looking for the next group of interested teens ages 14 to 19 who want to be the next group of youth DJs at this station. Applications are due September 12th, so hurry. For more information, visit spyhop.org. We are looking forward to hearing your voice on this station. Welcome back to Radioactive Summer Break. 
the Punk Rock Farmer edition. I'm Laura Jones. I'm Al, the Punk Rock Farmer. It's great to be here, Laura. All right, let's do some rallies and resources. We've got a couple of things we want to talk about. It's National Farmers Market Week. We've got Allison Enerson from the Downtown Farmers Market coming up. Also, the Utah Ag and Food Commissioner, Craig Butters, has some comments that I uh, nabbed for us on a Zoom session. But first, Al, uh, Darcy Murphy is joining us. Darcy, how are you doing, girl? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you for a while, quite a while. I know. It's been a minute. <laughs> so the this SLC Punk Rock Flea Market is what we're going to talk about. And I kind of know a little bit about it, but why don't you tell folks what, give them the gist of what it's all about. Um, so Mike, uh, Mike Witt is actually the one who started it a few years ago. And then I took it over um, last year and we've really been trying to build it to be a place where a lot of alternative local vendors can send things like we have uh, Jorge is going to come down with his uh, distro of punk zines and records. We have Surmise this time coming out with clothing. We have um, Tragic Girl Co. who's who's a local vendor who's going to be coming out with um, her posters and pens and t-shirts, Space Babe Art. Um, we, we just have a whole bunch of people. Um, I've been really trying to build it to be a lot more diverse and have a lot more things to offer. Um, for the first time ever at this event, we're going to have the vegan boundary people who come out and make vegan bondage gear. So that's going to be pretty <laughs> exciting because um, you've never we've never had vegan bondage gear there before. Um, so it's it's I've been really trying to build it to be a lot more diverse and offer a lot more different things and have different vendors come up. Um, so hopefully it's it's a free event right now, um, family friendly. We're having it at the Beehive this time, and it's just a really good time to get to know a lot of local people. So it's it's in kind of a famous slash infamous space, 666 South South State Street. It used to be the Annex, quite a few bars, different places. And you're you're talking about the Beehive. And uh, Conrad ran the, is run, runs the Beehive, and he's been there quite a while now. And, and uh, I, is there a new name, though, for the building? Isn't it Mark of the Bistro? I saw that. <laughs> so Conrad doesn't run it anymore. Okay. And now it is it is Mark of the Bistro. Um, it's a vegan it's a vegan uh, cafe. They make amazing food. Um, and Andrew has been the one that has been booking spaces. How can folks uh, get in on future ones? Is there a website? Yeah. So if you want to be a vendor, um, you can go to my Instagram page. It's SLC Punk Rock Flea. Um, so if you go there, you can get a list of the vendors that are coming up, see our flyer for the event, um, and just DM me. Um, we're really open to having a lot of different people. I mean, another really exciting, um, one that I actually found from Reddit, because I've been posting our event on the Salt Lake Reddit page is, um, someone who makes custom effects pedals is going to be at this event. So if you are a musician and you want to and you want to get a new pedal for a sound, we have um, Wasatch Noise Works, I think is what it goes by, um, making custom pedals. That's awesome. That's really cool. We, we have been really trying to expand it. So give us the details, the date and the time and where. All right. So it's going to be the 7th, this this coming Saturday, 
from noon to five at the Beehive, 666 South State Street. Thanks so much, dearest. Good to see you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Check tonight's show notes for more details on SLC Punk Rock Flea Market with Darcy Murphy and crew. So Al Dine, it is National Farmers Market Week. Uh, All the farmers markets going off today, tomorrow, Sunday across the state. Allison Enerson from the Downtown Farmers Market is with us. Hi, Allison. Hi, guys. We want to check in with you for National Farmers Market Week. But first, some comments from our own commissioner, Utah Commissioner of Ag and Food, Craig Butters on National Farmers Market Week. We have quite a history of agriculture in the Beehive State, but in particular, these farmers markets to bring as much of the farm as close to folks in cities and towns as possible, Commissioner. That's right. Yeah, and I think they're... We're adding new farmers markets all the time. And this is a great way to support local agriculture, our local farmers and ranchers. And the last year, year and a half, has brought to the forefront the need for us to support local agriculture and local infrastructure. From the pandemic to the weather to earthquakes, and uh, our ongoing uh, economic issues, although we're springing back here, what, do you, what would you say is the biggest challenge for small growers? Well, I think right now is uh, we're having drought issues. And so our small growers, of course, getting, getting water and uh, keeping those crops growing. And <clears throat> of course, we have, we have insect issues uh, we deal with here at the department. And getting the product to market in a timely manner. Uh, we're, we're also looking here at the department about, you know, doing things to help um, producers, small producers, get their products to the market. Uh, the food hub. Concept. Yeah, what's up with the food Something hub? Because you guys have been trying for a, by you guys I mean the state yeah. and uh, small growers uh-huh. have been trying for a couple of years to get this food hub going. Well, we did get $112,000 from the legislature this year. Nothing to sneeze at. Not enough, but uh, one of our plans is to increase that and to to, uh, do regional food hubs throughout the state so that our small producers can can take that product to the market and, uh, well, take it to the food hub and, and from there get it to market. So the food hub would act as an aggregator. So maybe I, as a small grower, don't have enough to supply, say, a chain of grocery stores. But together, um, the hub becomes then that middleman. Yeah. And that's that's where the, the, the product is distributed from the food hub there. Producers come together. They bring their product to the food hub. And from there, it's it's sent out to the to the market. How far so, away are we from getting a, a food hub, let alone a network of them across well, the state? You know, I think depending a lot on our financial support, we could be a year or two out. But it's it's exciting to at least to have the plan in place and to be moving forward. Okay, who would qualify for these food hubs? Because here in Salt Lake City, we've got lots of urban farmers who are doing, you know, hopscotching across backyards where they're getting. Uh, permission to uh, grow and taking to certain farmers markets, but this is a step up to get to the food hub. Since that's kind of the next step that we would have to determine, I would hope that uh, small urban farmers would qualify to take product to to uh, these food hubs. 
Are farmers markets the food hubs? They can all help with food deserts. Well, I think that the the farmers markets, you know, of course, that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, I think that, you know, the more of those that we can get in our even smaller urban areas, uh, the more we're going to be able to uh, help individuals that have uh, difficulties acquiring food and fresh products and uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. Uh, the more we can do that, get that into our food deserts, uh, the better off we're going to be, uh, the healthier our population will be. And uh, I, I think that to go along with that, I think we need to, to take time to advertise. We need to market. We need to show people where they can get these products. And of course, who is not going to prefer a locally grown fresh product? Exactly. And SNAP and EBT accepted at most farmers markets. So uh, I understand that you, as we record this, you're planning to go to the farmers market at Murray Park on Friday, one of the longest, if not the longest running farmers market in the state. Yes. You know, I remember, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little older, and I remember uh, as a farmer myself, uh, you know, a dairy farmer, but on the side, I would grow uh, ornamental vegetables. And I remember going down to, uh, to the Murray area, loading up my truck, loading up a display, everything, taking it down there. I only did it once, but it was a, it was a fun experience. And this has probably been 30, 35 years ago. <laughs> it doesn't seem that long ago. But farmers markets are exciting places. And uh, and they are so, they're so those are so fun uh, because you you not only get to buy the product, but you get to talk to the people that grow the product. Uh, you can develop those relationships and and it's it's really a great way to uh, great way to to find your find your food. Well, and there's so many now across the state. And folks, check our show notes. We'll put a link to a list of them through Utah's own. But uh, it's also a great way to let go of everything else. Just go to the farmer's market, get some great produce, get some, you know, Utah-grown beef or pork, and talk to folks. And uh, you'll remember, you know, we're not as divided as as perhaps we get painted sometimes, Commissioner. That's true. That's true. And and a lot of people might find a a product at a farmer's market that they haven't ever tried before. And, you know, so ask the, ask the grower, how, how do you prepare this? Uh, what's, what's the best way to, to consume the product and you know, they'll help, they'll help you tell give you some ideas. And you can be sneaky with the kids. You can give them their five bucks and say, I want you to go find something that you've never tried before that looks interesting. Ask about how to cook it, and then we'll try it. I've, I've tried that before with friends and family, young and old. And it's fun. I, I know at the Gardener's Market up in Logan, when we were selling product up there, we used to do a product. We used to do a soup in a sack. Just a, a fun idea. We would put together a menu. Uh, we would put together most of the ingredients that you would need. We would just put it in a in a brown paper bag and and sell soup in a sack. There you and go. <laughs> it was it was very successful. So you'll see a lot of innovative producers, a lot of innovative growers, and they will. Uh, it's just fun. 
it's a fun way to buy your food. Uh, eat your way through the farmer's market. So <laughs> in, in closing, Commissioner, how bad is it out there with the uh, larger growers that you're talking to across the state when it comes to the drought and the cutbacks they've had to make on watering and, and yeah. crops they've had to let go and animals as a result as well? Well, it, 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 is, it is quite severe, quite difficult. And this, this drought will impact all of our fruit growers, our, our uh, vegetable growers. It, and some areas are impacted much more severely than other areas. But statewide, we see about a 75% decrease in the amount of water that's available for farming and ranching. So we're not only seeing ranchers that have to haul, <clears throat> excuse me, have to haul water to their livestock, but we're we're seeing farmers that are only able to plant a small portion of their farms so that they can concentrate the water that they have on, uh, you know, maybe 10 to 20% of their farm. <clears throat> so with the recent rains, we're seeing some good increases in soil moisture, but the problem is that won't help with this year's crop at this point in the season. So we're hoping to replenish our soil moisture so that during the winter, if we get a good snowfall next spring, we'll see a lot more runoff to be able to fill our, our dams and and our reservoirs. This only puts more pressure, downward pressure on farmers, a dwindling number across the country and here in the Beehive State. Are you worried about that, about recruiting the next generation of farmers in Utah as a result as these pressures mount? Well, we see the average age, age of the farmer increase every year. And uh, I think we're at about 63, 64 years old as the average farmer right now. And so it's going to take a, a new mindset, an innovative mindset, to, and uh, the intergenerational transfer of, of farmland is, is a difficult thing that we're going to have to learn ways that we can deal with. We, uh, we continue to pave and develop over most of our good agricultural land here on the Wasatch Front. So it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult situation, but we're hoping that with good innovation and uh, a lot of planning, we can still continue to grow a lot of our uh, food here along the Wasatch Front in our urban farms. Which means, folks, keep going to the farmer's market, right, Commissioner? Exactly, exactly. Keep supporting those farmer's markets. You'll be glad you did. And that's Craig Butters, the Utah Commissioner of Ag and Food. Allison Enerson, Downtown Farmer's Market, is with us. What do you think about the Food Hub progress? You've talked about that on the show before. I have, and it's um, something that's been in the ether for a really long time. Um, it was <clears throat> a project that we actually applied for a grant for many years ago, like uh, seven or eight years ago. Um, the city did a grant, and that grant actually went to what is now Square Kitchen, so um, that was kind of a, the, our idea was to do a, more of a food hub at, combined with a, an incubator kitchen. Um, they went a little bit different way, but we, you know, I've been listening to the conversation about this for a long time. A lot of people have been working on it at the Department of Ag. It's going to take more than $125,000. Um, these can be really successful. They're all over the country, uh, really 
offers a lot of economic opportunity for farmers when they're, especially right now at the height of the season, when they maybe aren't selling everything. So they can use a food hub or uh, that has a good incubator kit or a good commercial kitchen in it to process and make, um, make other things that like making jams or, you know, putting freezing peas or whatever it might be. So I think that's really where they work the best. It's a place for farmers to a get rid of excess produce to sell it. Um, But it's also, I think really better when it's paired with a commercial kitchen so they can process and sell that product you know, make it shelf stable and sell it on down the line. Yeah, because we need to do the punk rock farmer salsa. I'm telling you, we're going to get that to happen. <laughs> yeah. I guess so I, I wish him the best. You know, things move slowly at the state level sometimes. And I appreciate the effort the Department of Ag is putting in. Um, I wish him all the best. I'm certainly not going to apply for that RFP. We've got enough on our plate right now. Allison, it's National Farmers Market Week. You know, Al and I do our best to support at a handful of them, but there's uh, a couple dozen across the state. I think we're above 30 now. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, there are many, many farmers markets in across the state of Utah, more than I think probably people think. Um, ours is the largest, um, us being in the capital city, but you can find a market anywhere you go. I was up just up in Idaho, actually, and there's a great little market in Haley. So it doesn't have to be the big social event where you get lunch. Maybe you just go and support your local farmers. Maybe it's 10 vendors, but you can still do a lot to support your local farmers and growers in whatever community you live in. And we strongly encourage that. And another thing that I wanted to mention is we are up 120% over 2019 in SNAP and double up uh, dollars. So if you're, if you're one of those people that have, has never been on assistance and maybe you got one of the PEBT cards, uh, pandemic EBT. It's a really great way to get um, free money, $30 in free money to buy fresh produce at the farmer's market. And you can't, you don't get that benefit at the grocery store. So um, just something to consider if you, if you're one of those people that gets a SNAP benefit or you've got the PBEBT, come to a market and get the double up. Alison, why don't you tell us what folks can expect um, at the market this weekend, the Saturday farmer's market at Pioneer Park? Well, you can expect the best of the best. Um, and it's it's on, man. It's summer. So if if you've been waiting all season like I have to cut into that first cantaloupe, which I did last Sunday. <laughs> yeah, me too. It was so good. Oh man. I got, Israeli. I got the Israeli one. Oh those are, yeah. I mean, uh, my favorite time is if people go nuts for peaches and I love peaches. Did I buy a box of peaches? Yes. <laughs> and I bought pluots and I uh, bought a melon. It's nuts. Uh, but yeah, everything is on. The tomatoes are on. The peppers are on. The There's still greens out there if you want them. Um, Cook's Farm has some big, beautiful, sweet white onions. Um, there's just, there's everything that you want. I know it's a huge undertaking to do this big market downtown. Why do you do it? Why do I do it? Um, you know, I... I love the market. I was obviously a market patron way before I ever worked there. Um, it's really, you know, Saturday is the best day. Market day is the best day of my week. And even though it's really hard, um, it's great to see the community come together. It's great to see, to listen to the the issues the farmers are having, to be supportive of them, to know that you're a big chunk of their income. Um, and to see people walking around with fresh local produce is that makes my heart sing. So what are what are you hearing from the vendors at the farmer's market about the challenges with the drought and the pandemic? It's been rough. 
Um, it's been rough on a lot of them, like Smith Orchards, for example, you know, he's trying to do all his watering at night, um, just to be as efficient as possible. But that means he's up all night. Um, and then, you know, he has to be up picking and managing disease and looking at, you know, pesticide or, or insect mitigation. And so a lot of these people are working themselves to the bone, uh, to bring this food to you. And so, um, you know, we, we had the algae bloom a few years ago. That looks like that's going to be a probable event uh, this year as well. So that puts a lot of strain on, on people using ditch water and irrigation, ditch irrigation, uh, like Peterson, what kindred farms they're called now. So um, in the face of all these challenges, it's even more important that we come down to a market and support them and buy the food that they are killing themselves to grow. All right, Allison. Happy National Farmers Market Week. We'll see you at the market. What's the uh, address, the times, the website? We are every Saturday through October 23rd, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. in Pioneer Park, 350 West, 300 South. Thanks. And you can get more information at slcfarmersmarket.org. Um, it's it's really a, an amazing market and an amazing time to be at the market. So come down. Come down. Get, get some local produce. Get a coffee. Melons. Get and, your melons. I mean... I, 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 Fresh I, corn. Mountain Country will be at the market this weekend. There's a lot of corn at the market. I know people like to put that up and freeze it for the winter. So it's a good time to do that as well. I, I can't tell folks how much they need to go down there and, and get some locally grown produce. Best tasting, most nutrient dense food that you can get in town here. Yes. And your SNAP EBT bucks. And, and come down and use your SNAP and your EBT cards and get that double up match up to $30 in free double up um, every Saturday. Thanks, Allison. We'll see you at the market. Okay, we'll see you uh, Saturday. Bye. Time for another song from Audrey at Craft Lake City coming up August 13th through the 15th at the Utah State Fair Park. Lots of local bands on stage, so lots of homegrown music. Audrey, who do we have next? Uh, next, we have Guava Tree, who's really cool. They're uh, you know, kind of an indie rock group with uh, a lot of cool like jazz influences and stuff and some of that really drifty kind of psychedelic stuff, which is really fun. Uh, and this is their song Ape Speed off their new EP that came out in March. Fresh and homegrown from Craft Lake City to the punk rock farmer on KRCL 90.9. It's Guava Tree.
never been difficult Changing from new to old Drifting along It's the colors that shapes me From human to apes CL, your community connection since 1979. Everyone deserves to eat. If you're one of the more than 350,000 Utahns experiencing food insecurity, there is help. Utahns Against Hunger maintains a list of emergency food resources. Visit uah.org slash COVID-19. It's many cultures, one sky on Skywatcher Leo T. As we look up, look around, get a little bit lost in space with NASA's James Webb Telescope, Golden Surfer. This is finely tuned, almost ready to go beyond the orbit of the moon to provide incredibly clear images of the solar system, the Milky Way, and other galaxies, as well as other star systems. After decades of preparation, the successor to the Hubble telescope is set to launch this fall. The telescope is almost three times larger than the vaunted Hubble and seven times more powerful in its ability to discern faint stars and galaxies at the edge of time. And let's do a little space exploration of our own. Perseid meteors are fragments from the comet Swift-Tuttle. The Earth orbits the comet's path every August, and fragments of the comet shoot across the Earth's atmosphere, creating an ethereal engagement between space and Earth. You might catch some earlier from all directions, but midnight to dawn is the best time. The later the better, and you increase your chances of seeing them by being in an open, dark space, the mountains or desert. Take your favorite lawn chair out and look to the northeast toward Cassiopeia and Perseus. Enjoy the night sky into the wee hours. The Pleiades star cluster will come up and enhance the green streaks across the sky in the mornings of 11th of August and 12th for peak viewing. From Sangeeta, the African sky, it's many cultures, one sky. On a clear night, a glance up to the heavens in the African bush stirs something inside all of us. 
Whether old or young, there is an attraction to the great mysteries of the moon, planets, and stars that seems as old as time. The celestial bodies mean different things to different people or groups of people. Some of these feelings are written, but most are not. Some of the stories in Africa surround the Southern Cross and its pointer stars. In many African myths, the Southern Cross represents the journey of giraffes in the sky. In many others, the stars represent lions, usually Alpha and Beta Centauri were the males of the species, and Alpha, Beta, and Gamma Crucis were the females. This is a beautiful, sparkly treasure to view. If you ever get the chance, I'd sure like to, along with the glow of the Milky Way in the open sky above, maybe on a boat or a ship out on the ocean. Mm. 1971, Alan Shepard, NASA's first human astronaut in space in 1961, returned to space in a big way as he piloted Apollo 14 to the moon. He greatly enjoyed this, and amongst many exciting experiments, he, he took a makeshift portable golf club and gave it a good swing. The ball was estimated to have risen for 70 seconds and traveled for 2.5 miles. Keep looking up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T on KRCL. Thanks, Skywatcher Leo T. Be sure to check tonight's show notes and get that link to his Facebook page if you love the night sky or the day sky. Anything celestial, he is into that. So uh, catch up with Leo on Facebook. This is Radioactive Summer Break, the Punk Rock Farmer Edition. I'm Laura Johns and Aldine. It's time for the Urban Farm Report. And first up, your buddy Pat. Yes, every week we do an Urban Farm Report. This week I talked to Pat Barber, former proprietor of Pat's Barbecue, great place we all have been eaten and played music at in the past, but he's got his hands in the dirt now and he's feeding the neighborhood. Here's that conversation. So Pat, last year was your first year doing this. Yeah. What'd you learn? Uh, I don't know if we're going to do it next year. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) I'm trying to get, you know... So let you do do all this and then try to start a new career. You know? So you went from barbecue to gardening. Now what 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 what, what made you? What what possessed you? You know, during the I well certainly I enjoyed doing this. You know, the restaurant was certainly something uh, was an experience. Learned some stuff there. But I used to grow here in my backyard uh, years ago. I certainly enjoyed it. But this here... This is a three-quarter of an acre plot right here. Yeah. That's a lot of food, Pat. Last lot. year you had a little farm stand out yeah, front. What do. are you going to do with it? I give it away. I give everything away to my neighborhood. In the pandemic last year, you know, after uh, moving on from the restaurant, um, I asked the neighbor if I could take over the backyard. So I came in here, ripped everything out. Uh, amended the soil, had the soil tested. Uh, that was a good call. And then, um, what'd you put? What did you need to put? Did they did they gauge oh, it for you? What I need to make it. It was too clay, so I needed to make it more loma. So you can see what I've added. Some of this, you know, next year if I do this again next year, I'm going to add some of this vermiculite and perlite to it. I've already looked at here as you can see the stuff on the think surface. about biochar think about it because that does the same thing it it it, um, it holds water you only have to put it once it lasts 1200 years and it makes the soil aerated and it keeps come from compaction it's the same thing you're talking about yeah. but it has the benefits of holding water also I have a problem with it holding water over in this here this buckler 
So what are you going to do with all the produce this year? You have any other avenues, any other things you're thinking about? Well, you know, like you and I talked about that, what is it called, CMA or? CSA. CSA, rather. Community Shared Agriculture. Yeah, I thought about that, maybe Farmer's Market. You know, I want to kind of keep it to where I am. You know, kind of keep it to my area. Uh-huh. And you want to give you want to give back to your community, community. right oh, yeah. here, yeah, 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 right yeah. Here. You know, my neighborhood. You know, certainly I can't uh, produce um, a lot, but I can produce. I think you can produce a lot. This yeah, is a big you? space. I think yeah. it, I think if you if you really measured everything you took out of here, you'd be in the ton region. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. So all right. So this is. Remember, Tony, I didn't know what to do with all my damn tomatoes. So I just said, well, you know, I was growing stuff over here. My peas. Uh-huh. Or, be, uh -huh. or wait. A, a yeah, spring crop. Yeah, an yeah, early there's crop. some over there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I go, you know what? what I, I, I just, I'm just going to grow the tomatoes. You know, try to give them away. And I figured this would be the best avenue for me. So you're, you, had a, you had a few glitches with the tomatoes. And they they came a little later. Yeah. They, they didn't all germinate in the greenhouse. No, you no. learned some things. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, you learned a lot. Yeah. So now you have a better idea of what you need to do next year. And maybe, maybe it'll say, you'll say, yeah, I'll do it next year instead of not doing it next year. Yeah, so next year I won't, I won't do, look at, that's my red cabbage. It's uh -huh. not doing anything. Here's my green cabbage. And they don't like the wind. They don't like the summer. They don't yeah. like the hot weather. It, if Right now they'll start to grow as soon as it cools off a little more at night. You, but I'm gonna leave them alone. you could have waited a little bit yeah, on those. Right. On those, I I, I, I tried to know. tell you. <laughs> I, I tried to tell you on that one. Uh, but I do have. I probably have right now somewhere in the ballpark, uh, right around the twenty mark of tomatoes varieties. Twenty varieties. Yeah. Uh, heirlooms. You got some yep. from Dale, our yeah, buddy Dale. But some, the majority of those kind of uh, didn't. Heirlooms. Yeah. Yeah, because you because you had those but glitches. But I did grow some of these over here. There, I mean, a lot of these are heirloom. Here. Right. And uh, there's my. You got a lot of tomatoes. You got some cabbage and stuff. You got yeah. a few peppers. Oh yeah, so I got Armenian cucumbers there, and I think those are pickles that are down there. Nice. And then different variety of uh, tomato plants over here. Again, I didn't know what to plant over there. It wasn't working out. Squash working. patch. And I mean, you 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 had some ideas on how you were gonna set it up and how you were gonna. The water. You had these uh, these ideas yeah. of that, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna put twenty in a row. I'm gonna do this. I'm yep. gonna do that. Yep. Things look really nice and really organized here. Like it's not quite what you said, but I think you I think you did really good. I you like think? the way it looks. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I. I can tell you what the the yellow squash. I will never grow that again. <laughs> How come? Because it's, it's so it's, it's really prolific for one thing. Well, that's okay. It's it's just you know how it's what do you, I don't know how bulbous. You know uh, how bul it's bulbous. The bulbous. I don't like that. I want the straight, oh, straight yellow. Uh, uh huh. Uh huh. And again, I think I could plant some right now. The crook neck one. I don't want that. You don't want I just that want one. Straight, just like a. Just uh, a straight yellow, like yeah, a cu so like more like a cucumber or a zucchini. Yeah, there's a zucchini right there, uh -huh, but uh -huh. I want it to be yellow. Uh huh. And uh, people are asking me for patty pans. I love those. 
God, they're good. Man, you're quite the chef. We need to cook sometime. <laughs> we need to cook for sure. Yeah, That's the whole joy of having this garden is to cook the simplest recipes and the simple thing. You put salt and pepper on it, it's going to taste good. Last night, I ate uh, a fresh cucumber, uh, some basil, uh, a little vinegar, uh, some salt and pepper, and some avocado, and I was done with that. You're that done. Good. Yeah. Um, and then I took a squash, sauteed it uh, with some red pepper, and uh, it was anyways. Yeah, a little cracked red pepper. You know that's Italian. They they they, they saute with olive oil, salt, pepper, and a cracked red uh, cracked red pepper. Okay, I will tell you something that I've learned about my my orange tomatoes, uh -huh. those little sun goals. Uh huh. They were I grew the out of them in the hydroponics. Uh huh. And here they are in the ground. Well, this, this she just oh, uh -huh, here. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And we're they, tying up plants. They like the hydroponic better. Oh, my God, dude. They fruit like unbelievable. Wow. And I'm not, they're not going to do it this year here. No. I, sure. I think we're still, we still have time. And oh. I think whether they come late, they still come. And um, I'm in about the same boat. I'm getting a few ripies now, but I planted late. I didn't cover because I plant too many plants to cover. And it's a pain in the butt. I didn't plant early like a lot of people do. People who are getting tomatoes already now. Yeah. And But um, we just have to realize we are where we are. And we have time. There's three months left still. These things are all going to grow and they're all going to get ripe still. Oh, so... I bought another, in, well, I didn't buy it. They gave it to me. Bought a, an inline nutrient system. Uh-huh. So I, so I set everything up this year differently in zones. So you're talking about infusing into your lines that you have here. Yeah. And, and your nutrients will come straight from your irrigation system. Exactly. It's all drip. And so I'm saving more water this year uh, by doing it this way. I, I was I was good last year, but I got even better this year. Uh huh. Look at the stocks on these sunflowers. They're huge. Hey, look at the wow. size of these. Guys look at them in there. the middle. In the middle, this one uh, is thicker than it is on the bottom. Yeah. It's like three inches around. Yeah. That so, one is bigger. Holy moly! I know it. So. <laughs> Are these mammoths with one yeah. bulb up the top? Yeah. One yeah. flower. We're gonna see what it's all about. Those over there are just, I don't know how tall they're supposed to be, but they're right now probably 12 feet tall. And they grow so tall overnight. So, why I did this is so each area, so this is, as you see my squash, my cukes. Yep. Uh, and man, I love training them on here. Uh-huh. See, there's Yep, they got to just tuck them in. There's a little fella. Let them come up. Oh, yeah. So, but I can add different amounts of nutrients to different zones oh like you can you can right, so, spe uh, specialize areas okay yeah so let's see we're in this this zone right here this is zone four this area right here that zone that's zone three up a front that's zone one or that's zone two rather and then that zone one over in that corner so it's uh, one, three, um, two, four. 
and you can shut all each zone you can shut off yep. and you can turn on the one you want and yep. put the right nutrients that you want yep. just to go directly to that one for spot for as long as i want very cool yeah and then it looks like my watermelon is going to come well sure i was really worried about it i mean once it's got those little blossoms on it the rest is history the rest as say. the fruits going to come the cantaloupe is not doing well but <coughs> you know what i'm just going to leave it alone but my pumpkins, they're all coming along. Very good. Uh, matter of fact, seeing something. Yep, I certainly am. Look at this guy. There's one right there. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one. Miss that guy. So I need to go around and count the blossoms because I want to deadhead them because I only want to produce 40 of them. And you want them big. You want you want the, the energy these, to go to the do, do development to go to them. a certain amount. Yeah. And these are those sugar pie. They're the small guys. Uh-huh. To make a to make pies and stuff. They're cooking well, one? You can, yes. But these are for the owner of the property. Shown at daycare and so I grow pumpkins for the kids. Very nice. And so uh Still trying to decide what I'm going to do with this greenhouse. What's the feedback from the neighbors on the standout front, Pat? No, I haven't heard talk to anybody. Last year, what what did oh, you get? So positive, you know. Thank you so much. So I, my thing is, well, thank you very much. What do you want? I'll grow what you want. Very really nice. And that's nice. what I I need that kind of feedback from the those people. So my first dollar this year. I was out mowing the front yard. Uh, a car goes by, honks its horn. I thought it was Vito. Uh-huh. Because he lives, he lives up, the, up street. the street. Yeah. You, have you ever been to his house? I haven't. But anyway, he lives up the street. So I just kept mowing the lawn. And so a car comes and it pulls in my drive. These two old ladies said, Pat... Did you get that dollar that we left you? <laughs> so they put a dollar on my porch with the little rock on it, you know, for whatever it was out there. Uh -huh. And I go, yes, thank you very much. Are you going to grow any patty pans this year? <laughs> I said, well, no, I didn't know. But if I knew, I would grow them. So I'm still thinking we have some two months of some really warm weather. Yeah, we do. And so I think I could grow some patty pans. Look for the look for the days to maturity on the package. Yeah. Uh, Seventy five days. I think we're still good, uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was good. thinking more like, you know, somewhere less than you know sixty. So lettuces and all yeah. those things and all that stuff. But people are still planting stuff right now. You can do it, Pat. I, I hope you do it again next year, Pat. Really? I, I do. I do. I oh, think. Look. I think Here's it's really little... great. There's a little watermelon. Oh, my little baby. Hi, welcome. Come into our world. We're going to eat you up. <laughs> <laughs> that was Pat Barber feeding the neighborhood. Pretty good stuff. All right, Aldine, that's our show. We want to invite folks to share what's going on in their backyard. What's the best way to reach out to you and say, hey, I'm ready to share my garden story? You can get to me at punkrockfarmer23 at gmail.com, or you can look for me on Facebook. Search for Punk Rock Farmer, and I'm also on Instagram. 
And to wrap things up, we're going to go back to Audrey Lockie, entertainment coordinator from Craft Lake City, is here to help us close out the show with one more fresh and homegrown band. But first, the details on where people can get tickets and how to plan their their visit to Craft Lake City around the music. Uh, Yeah, you can find all that information about who's participating and hours and ticketing and all that stuff at craftlakecity.com. All right, so we've heard from Joe Willis and Guava Tree. Who do we have here? Uh, Closing this out is Savage Daughters, who is playing the last set on the KRCL stage on Friday night, the 13th, from 8.30 to 9. Um, You know, and they're just, they're they're one of my favorite local groups. They're loud and weird and hazy and lots of cool, funky stuff in there. Uh, So I'm really excited for them. And this is their track, uh, 420 to SLC. From Craft Lake City, the punk rock farmer, it's fresh and homegrown. Savage Daughters on KRCL 90.9.
Hey Radioactive, this is Lexi from Fish for Garbage. We just wanted to remind everyone that next Saturday the 14th, we are cleaning up the Green River. There's still time to register online at fishforgarbage.com. We'll be floating the A section of the river just below Flaming Gorge Dam with a full day of events, including a casting competition, barbecue, award ceremony, and camping at Dripping Springs Campground. Next up, we'll be cleaning up the Weber on September 11th. Looking forward to seeing you there. And remember to fill the net and pick up trash anytime you're out enjoying Utah's waterways or just at your local park. While I'm at it, I'd like to add to your Songs of Summer playlist. Let's hear Deception by Black Alicious in memoriam of one of the greatest MCs of all time, The Gift of Gab. Fish for Garbage hopes to see you on the river. Don't let money change you. Money, da, 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 da.